This is Art Unbound, a joint production of Portland Art Museum and The Numbers FM. I'm Intisar Bioto, the guest curator for the exhibition Black Artists of Oregon on view September the 9th, 2023 through March 17, 2024. As an artist, my work has been grounded in research on the presence and persistence of Black artists in our region, and this podcast series focuses on these intergenerational voices. This first episode is a conversation between myself and DJ Ambush, the executive director at 96.7 The Numbers FM. A full transcript is available at portlandartmuseum.org slash podcast. All right, cool. Let's start out with your name and discipline. My name is Intisar Bioto. I'm an artist uh, working in writing, photography, dance, research, and just I'm an explorer artist. Okay. All right. And so tell us a little bit about the exhibition coming up. Yeah. So Black Artists of Oregon is really grounded in in research that I started in 2018 about the history and presence of Black artists here in the state and region. Um and so, yes, it's an intergenerational exhibit, um, really focusing a lot on black arts elders and also younger contemporary artists. Um, yes. Now, is this your first exhibition? Is it like, I guess what I'm trying to get a feel for is out of anything that you could have been covering, why? Yeah, this is interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, I think as an artist, I think of, Thinking about my identity as an artist, I think I'm an artist who really is really interested in finding and digging and like researching and kind of showing in a storytelling capacity. And in terms of this, yeah, I'm an artist. I come from a community of black artists where I'm from in Tennessee in in Memphis. Mm-hmm. And like having been here for Ooh, 13 years now, you know, this is a home. And for me, black art is home. Black artist brings a sense of home for me. And I feel like it was inevitable that I would do this in some way, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. But um, in terms of this show, this is the second show that I've curated. And, you know, I'm not a curator by trade, but I am a, a diligent a diligent researcher. <laughs> gotcha. So it takes, I would say I'm beginning to think of curation as a um, aspect of my creative practice. How essential has the research been to this particular project? I can imagine, um, you know, different visual artists, you're coming from within. Something has inspired you from within to create. Um, as you embarked on this particular project, how essential was it for you to do the research? Um, again, coming from outside of Portland, like myself, there are many things that we've heard about Portland and Oregon, and you know, just isn't a lot of black people here, and there's a deficit of black arts and mm-hmm. things of that nature. Um, so, talk a little bit about the the research aspect of this particular project. Yeah, thank you for that question, mm-hmm. and I'm trying to sense into it right now because it feels like a body question okay if that makes sense like it's a question about experience and even the word research you know we think about certain actions when we envision what research means just based on you know what we've been told about it when we 
been told how to do it and who does it, you know. Um, and when I think about research and, you know, I also have a background in dance and in thinking about um, our presence, our, our bodies, our experiences, thinking about our ancestral our ancestral memories, our communities' uh, experiences. My approach to this has really been, wow, it feels embodied. Like, I also am an artist. I'm I'm not coming from outside of it. So when I, mm-hmm. I'm thinking about how to come to this, it feels more like... Um, a you know a drop in a pool of water mm-hmm. it feels like it's coming from an internal core place expanding out and sensing um you know like connecting with myself and through connecting with myself connecting with other black artists in a pool of memory that is expansive and ongoing and is deep and wide and so how that takes how that takes shape maybe technically at the beginning was um, conversations with black artists and oral history interviews with uh, people like Adrian Cruz and Asaka Shamsadeen and Bobby Folder because they were coming to this from a place of their memory. You know, there there isn't a lot of written scholarship around black artists here. So I really had to depend on community um, to, um, how do I describe, to share that information from which to then begin to look into archives, to be able to look into the the archive or the um, the local papers, and to be able to to try to find artwork. So I I sense it as our memory, like moving and connecting mm-hmm. with one another, and I want to honor it as that as an organic experience rather than a a cold, um, even professional one. I want it to feel warm and held. Um, yes. Okay. All right. Uh, something happened um, in my time here in Portland uh, within music and also within art, um, which made me really, really love the city. Um, I've lived a couple different places, but uh, nowhere as far from where I'm from as I am now. Mm-hmm. And you're always looking for different ways to, you know, identify with the community and, and you know, kind of like find a way to root yourself in. And um, doing the research of what's come before you is it for me worked really really well. And uh, one of the aspects of that research, um, whether it's you know intentional or something that inadvertently happens, just practicing your craft, is you start to see yourself, reflections of yourself, and things uh, that are um, part of your identity reflected in the work that's already happened here mm-hmm, mm-hmm. in the culture that already exists here. Were there any moments like that for you where you started seeing similarities and, and, and uh, some of the artists that you were coming across, you started like feeling those connections, even though you did not come from Portland. Mm. Thank you for that question. I'm going to, I'm going to sense on that one for a okay. second, even while I keep speaking. Yeah. Um, mm. You know, I try to think about myself here in this place in Portland, in this, like, region, and, you know, also considering just being on, you know, indigenous lands here, Chinook land, like, what it means for me to be here. And, you know, I ended up here, I came here when I was 24, and but I think to myself, like, 
wherever I would have gone or wherever I will be, like, I still would have been looking into black things. You know, I still would have been doing black history and culture. I still been, I still would have been using art to investigate and find. And because, oh, I think about it this way that, um, and I do know I'm coming about this answer kind of circuitously. Mm-hmm. Black artists are everywhere. Like, Black people are everywhere, and and through that, black artists are everywhere. I could go anywhere, I believe, and find black artists doing something interesting, their own, seen or unseen. Uh, like, so for me, it 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 wasn't a question that I wouldn't be able to find us here. Mm-hmm. I I try to think of our arts emerging from us as just an expression of our culture of our energy and it feels that's why I'm saying that it feels like home like you know being able to look after try to find the works and hear about Charlotte Lewis um who is this uh, black artist I want to say she was born in born in 1934 in Prescott Arizona and came here as a child you know and she was this really loved beloved community artist here um kind of illustrator and textile artist and she passed in in she passed in 1999 of breast cancer but for me like looking after the legacies of black women and black women artists that's home like that's community that's like my aunties uh back back home in back home in memphis you know that it's a a tradition of community care of of just really just like looking after ourselves and looking after each other. And so hmm, I don't know that I articulated this this way until now, though I think it's been mounting that taking care of black art is taking care of home. You know, it's taking care of home back home in back home there in Tennessee and here because, you know, we are a diasporic uh, community, you know, Oh, you know, thinking about people of African descent in the Americas, you know, um, we are we are home to one another, you know. And I've been even thinking about this in regards to like in regards to land and, you know, being, you know, taken, like removed from our home and, and brought to another land that we have also made home. Um, and, you know, even I've been considering um, even just you know, indigenous concerns of land back and everything and, you know, their communication around the land. And and while I do feel connected to the land um, here, you know, I've I've I realized that for me, the land is us. It's the land is our stories. It's our memory, you know, even in the midst of everything that would take away your memory because home is where we hold our memories and for me like being in a room with black people with our culture with our sounds with our visual art it is the making of home that is always in always in motion um it's a transference it's a kind of mm, inter self psychic capacity and I think that's what the art does is it's timeless it just reaches into us and I'm, it's always going to be fascinating. It will never not be compelling. Um, yes. Oh, man. 
Wow. No, you you answered the question and and then some. So I had no no concerns there. Black artist of Oregon. Um, that's a very broad title for the show. Like, there's so many different types of black artists. Artists. Firstly, I'd like to know what was your inspiration for the show? Uh, whether there was a show that preceded this that you attended? Um, was it a lack of this type of showing? What exactly uh, inspired you to take on such a huge, huge undertaking there? Mm. Yeah, you know, as I think and feel, you know, I just try to believe in us, if that makes sense. Okay. And it must make sense. Um, You know, like, when I started... I really believe in ideas and dreams and I really believe it, believe in believe in our, but I really believe in believing in ourselves mm-hmm. and each other. And I remember, um, I, it has two shapes. Um, the fall before I started doing this research here, I applied for a grant to do this research back home that I did not get, you know? Um, and, there's so many black artists in Memphis. It's just, I don't even know how to describe in the culture. It's like, and it's not just the blues. Like it's not, I'm sorry. It's not just that they're visual artists. They're dancers. They're folk artists. There's people making, there's people with all this art in their house. I grew up around all these interesting characters and it's, and, and that, that don't make, you know, the, the, it, like, it doesn't make the Elvis circle, uh, like, circuit. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's endless. And so, um, coming back to... Could you remind me of your question? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where, where did the inspiration come from to, you know, embark on such a large... Yes, yes. Know? So, you know, for me, like, I grew up around black artists. There's this, there's this photographer, Ernest Withers Jr., who was a civil rights uh, photographer, uh, he um like uh, back home and mm-hmm. I spent some time interning with him and there were just all these people and um and so I applied for this grant that I did not get but felt like a shoe in like you know <laughs> like I I grew up with in a in a family of black artists and and I was just like there are ways that you people aren't acknowledged and people from the place where Okay, I'm going to say this a different way. There's a way that people from a place are not acknowledged. And even being from Memphis, <laughs> it was like, I'm telling you where the people are. I'm telling you, like, <laughs> you know, it just didn't make sense. So then I was um, on a panel over at the Oregon Historical Society that was put together by Oregon Black Pioneers. They are They are black historical society organization here and it was civil rights activists and social justice activists it was an intergenerational panel I was the only artist on the panel so there wasn't a elder black artist there who could speak to the timeline or the experience and so you know all these things mount and maybe it's just believing in the process so after that I applied for uh I applied for a fellowship through Oregon Humanities that was the initial kind of funding for this research. But what I want to say more than that is that, you know, it went from idea, from seed to spark, 
to essay to continuing to collecting to oral histories that I was um, doing with support of Sharita Towns Black Artist Ecology, a Portland project. And so things just mount and you just have to believe that it will keep happening. And so at the I was sharing the research at different points with different people that that I knew here at the museum. So Stephanie Parrish and Grace Cook Anderson. Um, and and so, yes, yeah, so then I was invited to do this show. And so, yeah, I don't know if that explains it. It's a quick synopsis. No, it definitely does. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So tell us a little bit about the show. Um, what are we going to see? What are we expected to see in the show? Yeah. Wow. Um, you're going to see, well, you're going to see visual art and sculptures and acrylic paintings, oil paintings, and some, and some mixed media work. There may be, um, there may be some film work in there. Um, but you, you're also going to see activations of these works. The, I mean, I'm excited about the earliest piece will be from the 1880s, uh, by by Grafton Tyler Brown, um, who was who was one of the first, I would say, like known black artists on the West Coast, you know. And so for me, you know, I'm interested in seeing the works and people seeing the works, but I'm also interested in what will come from us seeing the works. And I'm interested in artists today being in a creative interchange with these works that have not been seen together, like Grafton Tyler Brown with Thelma Johnson Street, with Ralph Chesse, um, with with Damali Ayo, with Carrie Mae Weems. Like, you know, it's a I guess because I'm always coming back to collectivity, to community, what happens when we're in the room together, that spark, that landscape. Um, there's also going to be interdisciplinary performances and activations by black artists here that perhaps are not like visual artists, like dancers or poets. And so I'm interested in, <laughs> I'm interested in the art. Yes, but I'm interested in the artist and I'm interested in this, um, <laughs> wow, it feels very dramatic, but like a, like a vortex of power of, you know, of this convening of works and feeling and memory and how it will reach back to time. Because I believe that history is, it is not set like that, you know, what happened may be set, but, uh, as we, as we live in our time, how we interpret history influences everything that's happening now. So I'm excited about how this will influence what we know of history mm -hmm. and how it will influence our present and the possibilities that will swim into view, into focus um, from this. Okay. I, I think I, I, I've never really thought about the aspect of the work bouncing off of each other, these different artists bouncing off each other and how that, you know, could affect me. Um, best case scenario, what would you like to see come out of this? How do, how would you want to see other artists affected? How would you want to see the greater community affected? What are some of the things you'd like to see come out of this exhibition? Mm. Well, with that question, what comes to mind is when I was working on that uh, first essay and it was, I really had this feeling and it was 
it was a moment when I was between I was I was moving. I had I had like left one place that I was living and I was and I was I was I was I was looking for another place to live. And this might be vulnerable to say, but it was like there was an artist that I knew and she had this like ADU unit in the back of her house. And, you know, it was a moment of in-betweenness of where I wasn't settled or really housed well. And I was, you know, I was studying Thelma Johnson Street and everything that 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 she lived through as a black woman artist and adventurer you know mm. born in like 1911 like she she had like a tv show and or she was like i believe she had like a tv show or or something in europe she knew eleanor roosevelt she um she was a traveler you know um i was studying her life but i was also studying you know, the things that, that maybe like pained her, you know, maybe not having enough support. You know, I was thinking about Ray Eaglin and, um, and I was thinking about the, the, the challenges that black artists go through across generations. And, Oh, this is what it was. I remembered thinking about Thelma Johnson street and everything that she did, but that she is not known and, and celebrated as she's, as she should be and I was like in a period of working so hard and I was like honey like that could be me you know (laughs) like I am working so hard right now and I have a level of visibility right now but I, I I really had this crux moment that it's not about the single artist's success it's not about my single success as a black artist that it really is about intergenerational inter ancestral, like collaboration, locking arms and fabrics and like, like locking our, our weave in the fabric to create a, a landscape on which we can live and be, be people with lives and homes. And, you know, like I'm interested in that. And so what, this exhibit, my my goal is it's not a. I don't even want to say the word one and done. I'm trying to have these threads move swiftly and deeply, lock in throughout time into this landscape. I want black artists to have homes. I want them. I want black community here to have homes to let to have longevity, to have places for our art to rest, for there to be black arts institutions and galleries. Like I want people not just here in this city but outside of this city i want these 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 things that i'm saying to kind of move throughout the landscape not just here in in this in this region but you know across what we call this nation or across what we call turtle island like truly you know i'm interested in a deep weave foundation that supports us intergenerationally and um, there, there's so many things that that means that means support for black families and estates to like understand um, or to be supported in caring for their works. Because when black families we're thinking about Albina, we're thinking about the histories of displacement here. When families and communities can't settle, can't stay where they are, when black families are constantly moved and displaced, where 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 are our works where are our things held like i i truly believe that if albina had not um 
you know, if, if there hadn't been the displacement of the black communities here intergenerationally, there would be more black gather. Uh, there would be more black galleries. There would be a black, there would be a, there would be a black history museum here by now, you know? So for me, it's not all these things merging with one another. They're not siloed, um, considerations. Um, yes. You mentioned um, some of the challenges that you discovered that some of the artists face. Could you talk about some of the challenges that you face as an artist? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, wow, there's so many gifts to being an artist of imagination and building bravado and going out there. Um, And there's also, you know, um, sacrifices that can occur. You know, I... I'll say, <laughs> I say this sometimes. I don't always know, you don't always know how you make it in, in a place. Like, I, you know, um, I built my, how I have or had had and have taken care of myself in this city was through, you know, working as a photographer, you know. Um, I didn't really have jobs, you know, but I, how do I describe this? Like, and I always reinvested, um, I always reinvested what I would make back into my practice and back into the research, you know, like that's my investment in myself, but also in my community, but also, you know, artists and black artists and, and black women artists and give so much like, into the ooh the the soil of things um and you know but and at the same time you know questions around housing like i you know and uh, like along my journey from i don't know 24 to 30 i mean like going to be 37 this year you know there were times of housing insecurity of not knowing where i was going to live of staying with other artists of this that and the other and and also there was a period of time um, when I lost some of my own work, um, you know, um, some of like my early images that I made when I don't know, between 14 to 21, like those are my like black girl dreams as images. Like I don't have those works anymore. So when we talk about like who housing and home and the black wealth gap and black home ownership gap between like white um, homeowners, even my own peers, like, you know, I went to two schools. I went to, to, at first I went to Spelman College, a historically black women's college in Atlanta. Then I transferred to, to, to Wesleyan University in Connecticut. You know, even as I look at, you know, some of my, of my peers from like Wesleyan who live here, who are homeowners, you know, I do not yet own a home, you know? So it's like, how do I describe this? Like, we're we're pouring our energy into community into the gaps that have been almost if you move a home or and there's a gap there we're we're still working to build foundations that should have been here and and that is is true it's undeniable and you know and i um i like i a couple months ago i was like working to um have the opportunity to purchase this historically black home of Beatrice of Beatrice Morrow Kennedy. And that was for, you know, to bring that home into a black 
aesthetic of of homemaking of care but it was also because i too needed a place to live here Mm -hmm. you know like my rent went up that same month you know so it's i and ooh, i want to use my language in a right way here like there's a way that we have to keep explaining into what we already know and what's clear like so um when i say that i want to use I want to be a facilitator for art to be about the 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 about the revelation and the revealing of black place of of black residents of black resonance of our dreams and our arts and everything that those dreams bring into the material realm this exhibit is a part of that of coming from a spark and I an idea to being able to pull and ask from community, draw on community like threads out in in out in the region to to be able to bring them here in this tapestry that we can see and revel and also marvel, but also plan and also be strategic and also say that this is not the end and also ask and also make a demand, you know, on this place. I feel really serious about this. Um yeah, I feel really serious. <laughs> Um, you said something a little bit earlier about having to re-explain um, different aspects of black culture and just what it means, what all of this actually means as a, as a black creative. Um, how do we, one, how do we avoid that moving forward? And in conjunction to having people understand the value of black art, um, I've, I am just now, ashamedly, <laughs> I am just now engaging with black art in the way that I feel as though I should have been a long time ago. Um, and I think it took uh, the opportunity to work with the museum to understand the value um, across, uh, against rather uh, traditional artists that I've seen discuss since I was in grade school. Um, there is also a place in this conversation about archiving and, and, and the keeping the things that we treasure too, right? You mentioned uh, how having space is an issue. Uh, like, you know, for some of the things that you created when you were younger. I have, <laughs> there's this uh, tote in my garage right now, my storage, that no one else knows about because if they knew about it, they probably would have told me to throw it out. But it's got like illustrations and and paintings and drawings from my two youngest daughters from like elementary school, like projects that they brought home. And I can't for whatever I I, I can't get rid of this stuff. I can't get rid of this stuff. I always want to just go back in and take a look at it. Um, so I, there is something to be said about our valuing mm-hmm. these objects. Mm-hmm. Uh, our community prioritizing art. Mm-hmm. How does that translate into the greater art community understanding the value of black mm. art? And again, how do we avoid having to have that conversation over and over again? Or is it just necessary to have it over and over again? Yeah. When you say um, having the conversation explained and you mean explaining the value of black art. Yeah. Yeah. This is such a, Whoa, this is such a circular question. 
and I, I want to try to come at it in two or three ways while not taking too long. Um, <laughs> wow, I've been thinking about this so deeply because I'm almost like in a practicum right now. Like, it's not like I read a book to be like, okay, you know, like curate this show, pull this up together. Like, I'm I'm like living through these questions and, and working deeply to uh, to not just show work, but to um, create structures, reveal them, reveal structures of care um, for these, not just black art, but black artists, you know, it's not black art of Oregon, it's black artists, you know, and oh, what what comes to mind over, that's like uh, uh, the planet over the planet is okay. I thinking about what value is even and like redefining what it is on our terms and um like i ooh like because also art oh it's purposes it's like art like how much does this piece cost into who and to whom and and even thinking about traditional, ooh, I put traditional in, in quotes, traditional <laughs> art, like market things of like how artists value. But through, I'll say this, that I will say through speaking these artists' names, the deemed monetary value of it, or even bringing these art, these works into the museum space changes what the, the a certain gaze would value it as, you know, and but also changes who wants it and and how it will be held you know and i'm also grappling with that of the res- the results of the storytelling that is being woven here and but what is the intrinsic value of it to us and how do we um how do we define the definition of value and ooh i want to say curtail like almost Mm, a block. Ooh, it's almost like ooh, those um, those dogs that that steer um, like sheep, yeah, and yeah. you know, if if some definition wants to go this way, how do we curve it toward so that it really brings it in towards us, towards that center, towards that drop, such that like the the like the resources because even black black people were collected right. like black people were collected you know um we were we were deemed assets like so i'm always thinking about how do we ooh you know how do we recognize real value real real capacity like when i say that my art was an investment in myself, but also this place, like, you know, but not for though that, that energy to be diffuse and not reach us. And so when you talk about like your daughter's works and everything and how we value, oh gosh, I think when I'm, and what I'm trying to say is that, um, oh, we can also be affected by those systems of valuing and valuation and devaluation. Like I would say that that work and that toe is the most valuable thing. It is more valuable than like 
<laughs> the Mona Lisa. And I can say that because I'm a black woman and I will, you know, like it's, it's for us to make the definitions and then act with diligence and act with surety to create these new real possibilities. And I want to be in, com- in collectivity around that question because it's not just a statement like it's done. Like I want this exhibit to be a swirling thought place of of naming and i know that sounds like ooh it may be esoteric and like blah but <laughs> I, I that's how i feel because this art the, the those pieces are coming from our core elements our unseen places and and um and that's why it's so powerful and i could keep talking about this forever and we will outside <laughs> after this podcast right <laughs> we should continue talking about this forever as a community <laughs> um one of the things I definitely want to make sure I get an answer to before we do wrap. Um, how did you just, how did you decide? And maybe you're still in that process, but how did you decide you were done? Like <laughs> as far as this particular exhibition, because there has to be a cap. You, you can't, there's some things that you had to, okay, maybe something a little bit later on down the road. How did you get to a place where you were like, you took a deep breath and you're like, okay, and this is the last piece that's going to be included. Yeah, wow, I'm still figuring that out. (laughs) Wow, 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 wow. Okay, I have a technical answer and an imaginative answer. And the technical answer is that, of course, this... These these galleries can only hold so much and, you know, there's a budget and this, that and the other. And that's important, you know, because you need a shape for improvisation, even with dance or with a with the even with like dancer, like with music, like a score helps you, you know, uh, some boundaries helps help you understand. Um, they give you a prompt to then deviate from and then to find moves that you may not find if you were like, oh, I'm going to do whatever, whenever, whenever, however, wherever. Um, that. So that's the technical thing. Like, ooh, it's hard, you know. And and I also, I, even with the name of the exhibit, Black Artists of Oregon, like that sounds so expansive. And it is. And I know and I want people to know that I know this is not everyone. And I know there's someone that you're thinking should be in this exhibit that may not be. And I acknowledge that, you know, um, because we are expensive and even I'm, and I, this hasn't been confirmed, but I hadn't even said it yet, but I'm even thinking about like, even for the, like, there will be a publication, like a catalog, like maybe that can be called black artists of Oregon continuum, you know, that people that it's a, a line, it's a, a circle that, you know, we, we're plotting some points, but, but, but like, let the spaces in between them bulge and, in in our storytelling about this, in our conversation, in in the performances that happen, like what if you know that this is not the endpoint? It is a catalyst, a spark for a challenge. And yes, it's a challenge. You know, it's a challenge to us. It's a challenge to our to us as individuals and families. And also as institutions, the institutions that have been here and the institutions that will be, that will come from this, you know, because, you know, just today someone emailed the museum about 
this artist and the works that they have. Like, please let these works emerge from closets and under beds. Yeah. Like, please yeah. let, please tell us about your uncle. And, you know, and even it isn't just a museum. Like, tell these other institutions. Tell me. Like, reach out. Like, you know, tell Oregon Black Pioneers because black artists are black are also pioneers even though that's a unique word like we're 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 catalysts we're we're adventurers but into the space of community in a in a way that is um imbuing not reductive or extractive like please call our like please like like just say you know i like i want it to be an expression so yes it's not an ending point it's a a question um it's a challenge Amazing. (laughs) That was great. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this Portland Art Museum podcast. My name is DJ Ambush, the producer of this podcast and the executive director at 96.7 FM, The Numbers, a community-based radio station here in Portland with the focus on representing black culture and music. The Numbers FM has been a community partner in residence at the Portland Art Museum since 2020. On this next episode, You'll hear from Nick Jones, whose work can be seen in Black Artist of Oregon. An artist, a former NBA player, and a native Portlander. Jones talks about how he came into art and basketball, and what it's meant to nurture creativity in the home. For more information about this exhibition, visit us online at portlandartmuseum.org. And be sure to subscribe to the podcast so you know when that episode is released. We appreciate that you've chosen to listen to this podcast. We would also appreciate it if you took a moment to rate and review this episode. That is, if you're using Apple Podcasts or iTunes. I'd like to thank Intazar Bioto for kicking off this first episode. And most importantly, thank you for listening. Black Artists of Oregon is sponsored in part by a Museums for America grant from the Institute of Museum and Library Services and grants from Meyer Memorial Trust and the Terra Foundation for American Art.